listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I've had many people message me and say, I need help with SEO. I'm struggling with search engine optimization. Do you have a podcast episode on this? And I did not until now. I decided to get Kristen Doyle on the podcast today. She's someone that really loves talking about SEO. And I thought we would answer all of your burning questions so that you feel a little bit more confident as you are titling and writing descriptions for your TPT products and maybe even writing blog posts and optimizing your website. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started talking about SEO. Okay, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you're here because I've had so many people requesting an episode about SEO. They're just dying for it. So I finally gave in and said, all right, we'll get Kristen on the podcast and chat about it. And I do have quite a few questions for you, but I thought before we start, just a quick one, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to my audience and just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do in your journey and everything. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I have been selling on TPT for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 this summer. My store is Chalk and Apples. And about five years ago, I started designing websites. And first it was for myself and then for other TPT sellers. And because of all my work with websites, I really learned a whole lot about SEO. And then I started working on how to apply what I knew about website SEO to my TPT store. So now, in addition to running my store and doing web design, I also coach TPT sellers on how to use SEO to grow their business. Oh, that is awesome. And you've been so helpful in the community because you've got a lot of wisdom to share and it's something we all need help with. So I'm so glad you're here. My first question is, I mean, people worded this in so many different ways. They submitted lots of questions and they just basically were wondering about research, I think, because they said stuff like, what are your tips for keyword research? How do you find the perfect keyword? How do you find like the best SEO for TPT and Google? I guess they're just kind of asking like, where should they be looking? Wondering what your recommendation would be. Yeah. So I really recommend that you think first about what a teacher might be typing into a search engine. That's the first place you want to start. Get outside the box when you think about those cute kind of product line names, or they almost feel like little brands that we've created around our products. Get out of that box and think, what would a teacher search for? You know, what classroom concept are we teaching through this product? What gaps in their content is the teacher looking to fill when they search for this product? And then from there, I recommend you start with the trending search terms on TPT. So if you're not familiar with that, at the top of TPT on the search bar, if you start typing, you'll see a drop down that shows up with some recommended search terms, very similar to what you see when you're searching on Google. And those are terms that are currently trending for that search term. The downside to that is if you're searching for something that's not super popular or something maybe that's not currently popular because of the season. If you're searching in the spring for a back to school product you're creating, you're not likely to find a whole lot in the drop down for trending search terms at that point. So that's kind of a downside to using those trending search terms. But for sure, if you see good search terms there, definitely use those. 
And then the next step would be to look at something like Uber Suggest, which is a keyword research tool. That's the one that I recommend for most people. And that is giving you keywords that are searched on Google. Now, while that's different from TPT, it still can give you some insight into what terms people are using for things, especially if you're trying to decide between two. If one is way more popular on Google, it stands to reason it probably is more popular on TPT as well. So you can use that to find some search terms that might help you in your TPT store, but also on Google because our TPT products have the potential to do really well on a Google search. In fact, if you type in just about any teaching kind of topic, if you typed in something like poetry lessons or multiplication activities, anything that sounds like a TPT product, you will see TPT products at the top of the search because TPT just does well in search, which is good for all of us. So I definitely recommend using both the trending search terms on TPT and then also something like Uber Suggest or KW Finder to find some Google keywords as well. Awesome. I love those two suggestions. My next question is a little bit more open-ended. Someone just said like, do you kind of have like your top three SEO things that beginners should do? And like someone else had said something like, I know what SEO is. I just don't really know anything else. Like they know literally what it stands for, but they don't know anything else about it. So if you were really talking to a beginner, are there any sort of words of wisdom you would share there? You are just starting out. I would say the biggest things would be to start titling your products based on search terms that teachers will use using those trending search terms that we just talked about. So start titling your products that way and writing a good product description that has some more of those search terms in the description as well. I see a lot of people with very short product descriptions and you really want to have a longer description for SEO purposes, but also just so that the teacher can get a better feel for what you are offering and so that you have a higher likelihood of them actually making the purchase. I think, I don't know if they think of it like, oh, if I make it too long, people won't read it. They kind of worry that it's too long. I think as long as you break up your copy into like little bullet points or paragraphs and it's still like readable, I don't think there's any harm in in giving more information so that people have, they know what your product's about. Because I think one of the traps we fall into as sellers is we know our product so well, we made it, but like we assume our buyers understand it and they don't. And then we get confused as to why they don't want to buy it or why they don't feel confident in their purchases because they don't know what they're getting exactly. Like we've got to give that detail. So I think more is better. Is that, would you agree with that? Like there's no such thing as too much or is there too much? I don't don't know. (laughs) No, I would agree. I think more is always better. And as far as being worried that maybe people will stop reading because it's too long, it's okay if they stop reading. Some people will read the whole thing. So I would try to get your most important things in the beginning, knowing that some people are going to trail off and stop reading. I heard a comparison one day on a podcast I was listening to about how there are different types of people and they were talking about reading emails, but the same thing applies to our product descriptions. Some people are going to read every single word. Other people read the first paragraph and make a decision. Other people skim like the bullet points. So we really need to, when we're writing, whether it's an email or your blog or your product descriptions, we really need to write thinking about all of those people so that we're explaining well enough for that person who really does read every single word before they make a purchase. But we're also being clear and concise enough for those people who like to skim. Yeah, I think it's good to not assume that all buyers are the same because they're definitely not. So that's that's a really good tip. Right. So I had another question. It was kind of more about titles and snippets. They said, 
you know, do I wait to update my titles and snippets until my covers are updated? Is there any kind of recommendations you have there around what to update and when? Well, that's a good question. Everybody's always wondering, and I hear a lot of people who feel like they shouldn't work on SEO until they've gotten other things right, or they shouldn't work on the other things until they've gotten the SEO right. So I would just encourage everybody to think of that as kind of two separate parts of your process that drive two separate things. So your covers, your thumbnails, your previews, those things are very important for conversions, but you can't convert if you don't get people to your page. So SEO is what gets people to your page. So it really doesn't matter which order you do them. You're going to need both to really boost your sales because you've got to get people to the page. And then once they're there, they have to actually want to purchase the product. So they really go hand in hand. Personally, for me, SEO is so much faster and easier because you can just make a few tweaks to something you've already done. You've already got a product description written. You've already got a title. You can make some tweaks for the right keywords and sometimes see a really big improvement. So I like to do those first and save the more creative things that are going to take longer for last. But I know some people really love making those thumbnails and things. So there's really no right or wrong way to do it because they do both go hand in hand. Yeah, I personally like to kind of work on a product by product basis. So I would be updating a title and a cover at the same time anyway. But I can see how with the quick edit feature and stuff, you could quickly be editing titles on a bunch of resources in one go. And even if your cover is terribly ugly, the fact that you fixed your title and moved your product up in search could massively help. So you can't like let the fact that your cover needs updating stop you from helping the SEO. Like I think, yeah, it's totally up to either person. Exactly. Okay, so I had another question. It was... This is similar. So talking about the updating process, they said, how long do you wait after making a change to your title before you make another change? So, you know, you just tweak the title. How long do you wait before you decide if you need to fix it or tweak it again or whatever? So on TPT, you can actually see your product move. I have seen them as fast as 15 or 20 minutes after I make a change. However, I encourage people to wait till the next day or at least to recheck the next day to see where it lands. Because what I've noticed is in those first several hours, a lot of times the product will kind of bounce around the search page. And I'm not sure exactly why it does that, but it has done it pretty consistently on my updates and updates I've made for some of my clients where you check early on, maybe it's only been 30 minutes and I'm just impatient because I'm excited. And you check early on and it's at one point and you check, you know, an hour or two later and maybe it's a little lower or a little higher or something. So I would just encourage people to check back about 24 hours after to kind of let it settle into its place. That's a really good tip, I think, because we do get excited, especially if you're currently trying to make a change on it. You want to see if it worked. It's like a delayed gratification to have to wait a whole day. We just got to kind of force ourselves to. I did this for a few products. Instead of like fixating on one, I got a product line and I made a few different changes and then I could go and check back on all of them the next day. So kind of split up what you're doing, but that is, it's easier said than done for sure. <laughs> so this flows really well into the next question because there's someone said, how often should SEO be reevaluated when it comes to these titles and things? I mean, would you do it on like a set timeline or is it data driven? Would you be basing it based on your lower views and things like that? What's your personal opinion? I really do a little combination of both. So once a month or so, I take a look at SEO on all of my top sellers. And that might sound a little counterintuitive to look at top sellers. They're already doing well. Why wouldn't I look at things that aren't selling? 
But the thing with the top sellers is if they're doing really well for you, but search terms are changing, the way that teachers are searching for things change, then you may need to change your search terms so they continue to do well, or they have the potential to do even better than they're currently doing. And those top sellers, we know that sales are factored into the TPT algorithm. So those top sellers have more potential to be at the top of search than your brand new resources or ones that just haven't quite taken off yet. So once a month or so, I do check all my top sellers and just see if they are still using good keywords because those do change from time to time if I need to shift things around a little bit. And then I also look at things that are not getting as many page views as I want. So especially if you have a really high conversion rate, that means teachers who see your product are loving it, but you don't have a lot of sales or you don't have a lot of page views on that product, then I would look at those as kind of a second wave. And those I just kind of check again on a monthly or so basis. I try to pop in and just do a little kind of checkup on my site SEO as a whole. Yeah, I think that's a really good strategy because that's kind of like one of the questions I have for you. I just sort of, I don't struggle with like finding where to research keywords. My biggest thing is finding the time. I feel like SEO is is a time sucker sometimes because if you do sit there and you've got to like find your product in search like going through 100 pages and you've got to like research keywords then make changes then go back and check like it can be quite time consuming and easy for me to put off and and struggle to find the time to do so having a monthly check-in and committing to that on my calendar like sounds like a really good plan for me so I feel inspired already to do that so I'm loving that tip already (laughs) yeah just give yourself you know an hour or two once a month that you pop into your calendar I'm gonna do SEO today yeah So another question I have, this is more about description. Someone asked, do the product links or like your upsell links in your TPT description affect search? Because obviously recently my Facebook group, someone had had an experience where they were making changes to those links and it was affecting their search a little bit. And they said they hadn't touched their title or anything like that. And at the time I thought maybe they might have been keyword stuffing maybe within those links or something like that. But yeah, we've just, everyone's been kind of dying to know since then. I mean, this is right at the bottom of the description. This is not our snippets, but does that have an impact? I mean, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on this one. So it can have an impact on your place in search because the description has an impact on your place in search. So anything in there is going to affect it. And if you are linking within your description, my recommendation would be that you are linking things that are closely related to the product you're selling so that in all likelihood, you'll be using some similar types of keywords. If I have a multiplication game and I link to more multiplication games, that word multiplication will be in there. And so I'm using similar keywords. That can help. The only kind of downside to that is if you've already got the word multiplication in a hundred times, and then you add a bunch of links, then you might get to the point of keyword stuffing. So my kind of, my thought process for the person who said her rank improved when she took out links. I don't think it's the link itself that made the rank improve. My guess would be that what changed the rank was the words that are being used in the post that affected her keywords. And so whether she had to, whether it was keyword stuffing, she had too many of a keyword and taking them out helped or whether she just had too much content. Keywords are Ideally, you want to have a certain percentage of your text to be your keywords. And if you have a longer description, 
with your keyword in five times, that's a lower percentage, right? And if you have a shorter description that still has your keyword five times because you just took out a ton of links, then your percentage has now gone up. And so it could be that as well. It could kind of be either of those that would cause it. But I don't think it's the links in and of themselves. I have tested putting links in and taking links out and it hasn't really affected my search much. We're talking moving up or down a couple of places, not anything big. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. I used to kind of really go crazy and put too many upsells, which I think clogged up my description. It was like decision fatigue. So I personally have tried to cut down a lot of mine to like two or three. Do you agree that that's like a decent amount? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I aim for somewhere between three and four. So very close to the same place. Awesome. So we've actually got one more kind of big question I wanted to ask, and then I might, we'll see if we've got time for a few little kind of quick ones. But this one, just someone said, does keyword strategies for blogging, do those work also work on TPT, like long tail keywords specifically? Like, should we be using Uber Suggest for TPT? And I guess they're wondering, can they just be doing the same process for both? Do they need to really differ any of their behavior when they're doing things on their blog and website first, their descriptions? Uh, so generally speaking, they the strategies we use for Google search also apply for TPT search. They are two different algorithms. TPT factors in some things that are not part of Google search, like conversion rate and sales and probably feedback and things like that. But in general, the things that you would do for Google search are also good for TPT search. I recommend using those Uber suggest keywords primarily because that can help you rank well in a Google search, but they also can help you on TPT. We do see some different buyer behavior on TPT. One big example that I've noticed is almost every time I search something on Ubersuggest, worksheet is a common term. Whatever topic I put in, worksheets tends to be a really popular term, and that doesn't seem so popular on TPT. So there are some differences like that. And what I do personally is I optimize my website store products for Google search specifically for those terms like worksheets. And I optimize my TPT store based more so on those trending search terms that are on TPT. So there's some similarities, some differences and things like that too. I think you've answered that really well. That's awesome. So before we wrap up, I was wondering, there's like a, a people asked a few other like kind of quick questions and I thought we could do like a little lightning round. If you have any kind of yes or no answers or quick answers for these ones. Someone said when it comes to titles, would you say grade level should be in the titles? Is that something you recommend? Yeah, you nay on that one. If people search for it by grade level, if it's super grade level specific, then yes, put it in the title. If it's something that's good for multiple grades, you don't need to try to put them all in the title because that's probably going to take up way too much title space with something that isn't as important for search. So I only put it in the title for very grade level specific resources. Yeah, I'm the same. I would, if I would only do it and I've got like a product line where it's very similar product and they differ because they're specific to a different grade level. And this is the first grade version. That's the second grade version, but I don't go throwing it into anything 
putting the word first grade in for the sake of it when really it could also be used for kindergarten like I guess be doing that wisely I definitely agree on that one that's a really good one and I had another quick one someone said if you're doing a product line can you use the same keywords or do we need to be worrying about differing between those products or I mean if I personally use the same ones I'm wondering if that's okay <laughs> you can it's totally fine to use the same keywords the only reason you might consider using different keywords for a product line is if there are multiple keywords that could apply and so you want to try to get product A to rank for the first keyword and product B to rank for the second keyword and so on to try and get more of your products to the top of those different searches. Oh, that's a really good idea. I really like that. But yeah, we can feel like we don't have to feel pressured to change for the sake of it unless we see that there are different terms we want to search for, then we certainly can. That is a really great answer. And the final one I had, just out of curiosity, whether you think when it comes to title lengths, is does that really matter whether we've got a short title or a long title? Because the person that asked this question said they feel like there's differing advice. Some people say they should have they should fill up the space and go crazy long. Other ones have said keep a brief title and just use long tail keywords. But I mean, do you feel like it really matters or not? I do think it matters. And I think longer is better. OK, good to know. That said. Don't make it longer by just cramming in a bunch of keywords because that does not help. Yeah, you want to be intentional in what you're doing, but not, I guess maybe with everything we should do, it should be because we've got the right keywords, not because we're doing it for the sake of it, making it long or short for the sake of it. It should be right. really based on your keywords. And that's a really good idea, I think. Be very descriptive of your product versus just trying to throw in a bunch of keywords. Don't yeah. name your product poetry, poetry unit, poetry activities, poetry worksheets. <laughs> Not a good product title, yeah. but instead something like poetry unit for National Poetry Month, which is happening right now in the States. Exactly. And then, oh, sorry. No, this is the final one. Sorry. I lied on the last one. <laughs> this promise. <laughs> Someone had said, does repeat keywords really kind of matter or would it increase your chances of being found? And I think they were talking more about the snippet on this one. You know, obviously titles, we don't want to be like repeating poetry a hundred times, obviously, but when it comes to snippets, I feel like you might say that it's, like you mentioned earlier, it's good to actually have your keyword in there quite a few times. For your product description as a whole, you do want to repeat your keyword several times. I would say typically three to five times. It really depends on how long your product description is, but you do want to repeat it several times. What you don't want to do is have your keyword in every sentence. And my best tip for that is when you finish writing and you've put your keywords in, read your whole description out loud. And if you feel bad reading it, if it doesn't feel good, yeah. then you have it in there too many times. I think everything we do with SEO should be like coming at it from a really genuine way. I, I feel like there are so many dodgy things people do, keyword stuffing, using keywords that don't apply to their products. And I feel like we need to just Absolutely. We need to be creating like a really healthy community on TPT where we do the right thing. And that's, we shouldn't be like putting in a keyword that isn't relevant because we're trying to rank for that. Things like that. That just bothers me personally, but I'm sure you agree. <laughs> oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything we do when it comes to SEO really needs to be about our end user, about that teacher who is shopping on TPT and not about just trying to get my product to rank. We want to make sure it's ranking for the thing that that teacher is searching for because it will help her or him with that need that they have. And that when we get to a description, that description is helping them understand the product, not just crammed with keywords that are going to hopefully help us rank well. We want to make sure it's readable and that it really helps them understand what they're getting when they purchase. 
Yeah. If you're making a really great product, then I'm sure a teacher's going to love it. You know, you don't need to feel like you have to lie or put the wrong keywords in or stuff them excessively and try to game the system. Like you're just using a few of the good ones, making a really great product. I'm sure you'll do well. I feel like, yeah, there's some bad practices out there. People putting in too many keywords and and putting in ones that completely aren't relevant. And that's not going to help the buyer experience. And we want teachers to find resources. So I'm glad you agree on that. You have offered so much valuable wisdom. So I'm so glad you came on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I was wondering where my audience could find you um, and connect with you on social media and your website and stuff. So let us know where we can find you. My website is kristendoyle.co. And because I like to keep things simple, I am kristendoyle.co on Instagram and Facebook as well. Easy to find me. So I would love to connect. I am on Instagram more than anywhere else. So I would love to chat on Instagram and keep talking SEO with your listeners. And you have a Facebook group as well, though, don't you? I do. It is called TPT and Website Savvy with Kristen Doyle. Yeah. And that's the perfect place to kind of ask these like website related blogging sort of questions. But I mean, your Instagram is really great for the SEO stuff. Lots of places to connect with you. But anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Thank you for having me. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Thank you to everyone who submitted those amazing questions. I feel really inspired to work on my SEO this week. I definitely feel like it's something that I sometimes neglect and I know that I really need to get back into because it's so important to getting views on my products, which of course will lead to sales. Like I said, be sure to check out Kristen and all of her links, connect with her on places like Instagram and definitely be sure to stay tuned to this podcast for more awesome episodes with guests like that. Make sure that you're subscribed if you aren't already so that you don't ever miss an episode. And like I always say, it means a lot when I hear how you guys feel about an episode. So feel free to let me know if you enjoyed this episode, whether that's in the Facebook group or on Instagram, but you can definitely leave a review for this podcast too. That always lights me up and makes my day. I hope that you have an absolutely terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.